We welcome you, the beautiful Savior, this evening as we worship on this Good Friday. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can overcome. On Good Friday, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, experiences the darkness of death caused by sin and Satan. His death brings life and immortality to light. To focus on the events of Good Friday, a series of candles are extinguished during the service to represent the gathering darkness of sin, which hands over the world as the life of the Son of God grows closer to termination by crucifixion. As the candles are extinguished, we sense the loneliness of Jesus as one by one his friends and followers abandoned him and fled. The last candle represents Jesus. The last sounds of the service remind us of the final events of Jesus' death and the slamming shut of the stone on the tomb where Jesus was laid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord God, you saved the first Israelites through the blood of the Lamb on their doorposts. Save us and help us also, we humbly implore you, O Lord. We adore you, Lord Jesus, in your cross and passion, through which you have brought life and joy into the world through your suffering and death. Be gracious to us according to your mercy and bless us. Shine the light of your face on us and give us your peace. Gracious Jesus, our Lord and our God, you bore our sins in your own body on the cross so that we, being dead to sin, might live for righteousness. Have mercy on us now and at the hour of our death. For we are unworthy to be called your children due to our sinful actions and words. Mercifully give us a holy and peaceful life in this world and eternal glory in the life to come, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and rule, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us peace. Jesus, the Lamb of God, has taken away the sins of the world. Therefore, by the command of Christ, I announce the grace of God to all of you. Your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Let us pray. Almighty God, graciously behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men, to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for this Good Friday, Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took upon us our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. This is the Old Testament reading. And the gospel for Good Friday is from Matthew chapter 27. Jesus stood in front of the governor, Pilate. The governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, I am, Jesus answered. While the chief priests and leaders were accusing him, he said nothing. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear how many charges they're bringing against you? But Jesus said absolutely nothing to him in reply. So the governor was very surprised. At every Passover festival, the governor would free one prisoner whom the crowd wanted. At that time, there was a well-known prisoner by the name of Barabbas. So when the people gathered, Pilate asked them, Which man do you want me to free for you? Do you want me to free Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate knew that they had handed Jesus over to him because they were jealous. While Pilate was judging the case, his wife sent him a message. It said, leave that innocent man alone. I've been very upset today because of a dream I had about him. But the chief priests and leaders persuaded the crowd to ask for the release of Barabbas and the execution of Jesus. 
The governor asked them, which of the two do you want me to free for you? The people responded, Barabbas. Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? The people answered, crucify him. Pilate said, why? What crime has he committed? The people said, crucify him. Pilate saw that he was not getting anywhere. Instead, a riot was breaking out. So Pilate took some water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. He said, I am innocent of this man's blood. He said, it is your responsibility. The people cried, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Here ends the gospel. The first word of Jesus Christ from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Roman crucifixion was a most horrible form of execution. First of all, it was the most degrading type of capital punishment that was known to the world at Jesus' time. It was a death sentence reserved only for the worst type of criminals, usually traitors against the Roman government. And yet our Holy Savior humbled himself so much for us that he was willing to suffer death, even death on a cross, numbered with the criminals. Aside from being a degrading form of execution, it also involved excruciating pain as nails were driven through hands and feet of the convicted prisoner. Yet as dreadful as this death sentence was, our Savior didn't fight the Roman soldiers Rather, he submits willingly to this death. Jesus does not curse his cru crucifiers, but he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they, are, what they are doing. Certainly, if these people had known that they were crucifying the Son of God, they would not have done this. And yet, Jesus asks his heavenly Father to forgive this act of violence done to him out of sinful ignorance. These words are meant for us, too, that we be forgiven, because sometimes we sin knowingly against our Savior, and sometimes unknowingly, and sometimes we don't even know the difference between the two. And yet for all of our sins, Jesus pleads for forgiveness to his heavenly Father that our sins be sent away and not counted against us. For sinners, unworthy sinners, Jesus laid down his life that we might be forgiven all sins, known and unknown. And thanks be to God that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Second word. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. These were the words of divine comfort offered by our dying Savior to one of the criminals crucified with him. 
With these words, Jesus offered a promise of forgiveness and a promise of eternal life. Previous to these words, St. Luke also tells us, when they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with criminals, one on his right hand and the other on his left. True to the ancient prophecy of Isaiah, Jesus was now numbered with the transgressors, with the criminals, the innocent one crucified with the guilty. As our innocent Savior hung on the cross between these two guilty criminals, one of them began to mock him and saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. The only thing that criminal was worried about was his current state of affairs, his earthly life, the pain which he was suffering. But the man crucified on the other side of Jesus realized his real problem. His real problem was sin. He was so overburdened with his sin and with his guilt that he called out to Jesus for help and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What was Jesus' answer? A refusal to be bothered by such scum? Was Jesus too busy dying himself to concern himself with such a man? Jesus' response, today you shall be with me in paradise. You see, it's never too late to repent of your sins, and there is no sin too great for our Savior to forgive. But be warned, your life cannot be one of impenitence. Your life cannot be built on the false idea that it doesn't matter how much you sin because at the last moment you can always repent. Such an idea would be tempting God. God says, go and sin no more. Go and live a life of repentance, trusting me, depending upon me, so that when you die, I can also say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Should die. This is how love heals. 
what love says Standing at the door You don't have to be who you've been before Silenced by his voice Death can't speak again This is how love said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. If you have ever visited a friend or a relative in the hospital who is suffering extreme pain, one of the first reactions that you might receive from that person is that they just want to be left alone. Sometimes pain can become so intense that you can think of nothing else. Even now, when our Savior is suffering the agony of the cross, he does not forget about others. From the cross, he sees his sorrowing mother shivering in the cold, 
he is concerned for her welfare, and so he appoints his disciple John to take care of her in the future. With this act of love, Jesus perfectly fulfilled the fourth commandment, you shall honor your father and your mother. May we always be moved to love and honor our parents. May we always remember that it was our parents who brought us into this world, who cared for us, clothed us, fed us. May we remember that for many of us, they were the ones that taught us about Jesus, kept us in faith. May we care for them as Jesus cared for his mother. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. Jesus, of course, is true God. Jesus, of course, was also human. In his great pain during the crucifixion, he was suffering extreme thirst. As trifle as this may seem, these words again prove Jesus to be the Messiah, the Christ. When Jesus spoke these words, I am thirsty, he was fulfilling the prophecy of the Messiah made some a thousand years earlier by King David in Psalm 22. My strength is dried up like pieces of broken pottery. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Because Jesus was thirsty on the cross, we will never have to be thirsty. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Thank God that through his Savior, our Savior's suffering and death, we have this everlasting water. The good news of forgiveness and salvation through the blood of the Lamb. which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As our Savior hung on the cross between the hours of 12 noon and 3 in the afternoon, 
darkness covered the whole earth. But as there was darkness in the heaven, so also was it dark in the soul of our Savior. As Jesus hung from the cross and shouted out these words, he had reached the lowest stage of his humiliation. He had been forsaken by God. This is a mystery of mysteries. How can God be forsaken by God? Can God forsake himself? This fact stands beyond all human understanding. We don't try to understand it. We simply believe it. We simply accept the fact that the Father made his Son suffer the crushing force of of the Father's consuming wrath. Merely accept the fact that Jesus, your Savior, suffered the pangs of hell and true death as he was forsaken by his Father. Why did Jesus have to suffer so? Did he deserve it? He did not deserve it. We did. We deserve the punishment of hell, and yet God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that by his blood we might be washed clean of all sins. He suffered for us so that we will never have to be forsaken by God. God tells us, I will never leave you or forsake you. These words which Jesus spoke were again from Psalm 22. Jesus used the words of Scripture for his prayer to his heavenly Father. He also teaches us to go to Holy Scripture and to pray in our distresses. As our Savior hung on the cross, forsaken by his Father, he never gave up trust in his Heavenly Father. And also we, in all of our distresses, whatever they may be, need never despair. God says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. Come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Here we Sixth word. When Jesus had therefore received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. It is finished. What do these words mean? Notice that Jesus did not say, I am finished. Jesus was not saying that he was overcome by death. Jesus said, It is finished. Death and hell and the devil had now been overcome by him. The work of redemption was complete and finished. Jesus had completed the work of making us at one with God, our atonement, our at one Jesus had fulfilled God's law in our place. He died in our place, and now God's wrath had been appeased. As Jesus spoke these words, these were not the words of a defeated one. Rather, these were the words of a a victor. This was a victory cry. Jesus was telling the whole world that even though he had been struck in his heel by the devil, Satan, Satan's head had now been crushed. We now no longer need fear, the enemy called death, because death can no longer defeat us. Now we no longer need fear the enemy, Satan, 
his power has been crushed. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him.
the last word. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus' death on the cross was a real, true, genuine death. Just like the death of all of our forefathers of faith, Jesus' soul separated itself from his body. His soul went to be with his heavenly Father. His body would be put into a grave, a tomb. And yet even though Jesus' death was the same as our death will be, yet it was vastly different. When we die, God will determine the date and the time of our death. He will take our souls to himself in heaven. When Jesus died, he determined the time of his death. His soul was not taken from him, but he gave it up willingly to his heavenly Father. Jesus' death was a peaceful death. He died in the assurance that the sins of the world had been paid for. He died knowing that once again he was at peace with his Father. When the time comes for us, God to call us to himself in heaven, may we die as our Lord Jesus died, knowing that all is right between us and our God. Our sins have been removed. We will stand before God, pure and holy, in the righteousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Walking on the road to Jerusalem The time had come to sacrifice again My two small sons Walk beside me on the road The reason that they came Was to watch the Lamb Daddy, Daddy What will we see there? There's so much that we don't understand So I told of Moses and Father Abraham. And then I said, Dear children, watch the land. For there will be so many in Jerusalem today. We must be sure the Lamb doesn't run away. Something must be wrong. There were no joyful worshipers, no joyful worship songs. I stood there with my children in the midst of angry men. Then I heard the crowd cry out, Crucify him! to play why upon this day were men condemned to die why were we standing here where soon they would pass by I looked and said even now they come the first one cried for gave him none. The second one was violent. He was arrogant and loud. I still can hear his angry voice 
screaming at the crowd. Then someone said, there's Jesus. I scarce believed my eyes. A man so badly beaten, he barely looked alive. Blood poured from his body, from the thorns upon his brow. Running down the cross and falling to the ground. I watched him as he struggled. I watched him as he fell. The cross came down upon his back. The crowd began to yell. agony. In that moment I felt such loss. Till a Roman soldier grabbed my arm and screamed, you carry his cross. At first I tried to resist him, then his hand for his sword so I knelt and took the cross from the Lord I placed it on my shoulder and started down the street the blood that he'd been shedding was running down my cheek they led us to Golgotha. They drove nails deep in his feet and hands. And yet upon the cross I heard him pray, Father, forgive them. Oh, never have I seen such love in any other spirit he prayed then he died I stood for what seemed like years I'd lost all sense of time till I felt two tiny hands holding tight to mine my children stood there weeping, I heard the oldest say, Father, please forgive us, the Lamb ran away. understand so I took them in my arms we turned and faced the cross and then I said dear children 